Hi, I'm Bo Humphreys, and this is the Personal Finance Show. It is uh, May 17th, 2020. I'm doing uh, live-ish shows now because I don't have time to edit. That's really the, the reason. But also, I'm, I'm back because of uh, this pandemic that we're in, and I want to do shows and publish them on the same day so that we can be in touch with everybody as it's going on. It's it's not one of those things that this is a, a an evergreen personal finance story, which I would normally be recording that we could listen to five years from now. You might be listening to this five years from now out of curiosity, but in terms of its ability to connect with people uh, and see what's happening around the world, this is uh, a really, this is for now. So I came out of sabbatical uh, after a hundred shows and started doing this every week. Uh, also, check out the other show that I'm on called uh, Dear Ruby with my friend uh, Rubina. I'm at Hawk. We talk about all of the same things. We're, we're going to talk about uh, the benefits in Canada, and, and re- it's really focused on Canadians. Uh, meanwhile, uh, in this series, I'm uh, I'm reaching out to people I know all around the world. And today, I have my cousin Jay, who is in uh, uh, Germany. Welcome, Jay. Hey. Hello there. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I, I love what you're doing here. I love that you're getting different perspectives from uh, all over the globe because we often get too centered on what we know in our own little bubble and read whatever is in the media, and it's good to hear it firsthand what is actually happening out there. Yes, this is precisely what you know. It, it's it's what I try to do uh, on the regular show is to give different perspectives, uh, different stories, so people can relate. Uh, you know, you're, uh, it's funny, uh, you are not, you're not German, but well, you are, wait, are you German in background? Well, I forget. Swiss German. Swiss German is, uh, yeah. So that's your heritage, yeah, but yeah. you weren't born in Germany, uh, but you're living there now. Um, you were born, uh, in the States, right? Yeah. So I was born in Ohio and, uh, lived most of my life there. Uh, moved to New York City, San Francisco, um, and then had the, tran- the chance to transfer over to Amsterdam, of all places. And that's joined uh, in 2012, I think it was uh, when we first came over in, the, in January 2012. And, um, you know, you just have to start learning the, the European perspective on things. Uh, we moved uh, then after about three and a half years, we moved to London and we were there for two years. And then I got this uh, this uh, gig in in uh, in Berlin, and thought, hey, why not? Let's Berlin's a pretty cool spot. It's kind of the hub of uh, startup community for Europe, and um, so came with a pretty big company. It's about a ten thousand person company, so it's not a startup at all. But um, the things have are, are quite different in Germany. Quite, uh, and we'll talk a bit about the kind of regulation and and boxes that are established here, <laughs> both socially and financially. Um, that really make it uh, quite different from any other country in Europe. And uh, so, yeah, I want to comment on so many things you just said, but um, so your company is uh, Here Technologies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Here Technologies, it's uh, in 80% of the cars on the road, it's the navigation system. There's some sort, whether it's the map itself or some of the location intelligence, it's it's um, one of the largest mapping companies in the world next to Google and TomTom and, and uh, Apple and Esri. So you, you like would it be right to describe you as a, a direct competitor to Google Maps then? Yes, yes you would be correct in saying that. Okay, yeah, so big company. Uh not like you said, not a not a startup in the, that it's a, a huge size, but a startup in that it's, you know, not a 100-year-old bank, right? Yeah, well, it it's uh it's been around for 50 odd years, uh, started NAFTEC in the States and it's been kind of okay. 
Yeah, so it, it was bought by Microsoft for a while. It was Nokia for a while, Nokia Maps. And then uh, it was bought out by the OEMs. And this will be a good point. So uh, we're basically owned over 50% uh, by the major German OEMs. And now, probably in end of May or beginning of June, we'll also uh, ink the deal on Mitsubishi Corporation. So that's another massive uh, international automotive manufacturer. And you can imagine uh, over the past couple months what has happened in those industries or that industry specifically and all the supporting industries around it, especially here in the heartbeat of it, which is Germany, um, it has given us pause for sure as a company. And so we've had to react to that pretty swiftly and justly. <laughs> yes. So uh, yeah, I want to get to how your uh, work specifically. Can you just tell us what OEM is? Uh, just oh, briefly? sorry. Yes. Uh, it's original equipment manufacturer, and it's kind of the catch-all phrase when you're talking about automotive. And so it is BMW, Daimler, Chrysler, Ford, all those. And the, the top three in Germany are our owners. Um, and they, um, you know, they pump this economy, you know, 70% of this economy is, is, is automotive and all the things that support it from, you know, Siemens and, and, um, you know, just a ton of companies here, uh, Berlin, all the, all the big German names that we, that we can recognize. Yeah. Basically. The thing is that Berlin's a little bit of an odd, odd bird because it has, um, historically kept itself quite isolated. Um, and it's only been recent that financially, even though it's the center of, of the government, financially, it has been really a poor, poor city. And um, it's, you know, it's, they always say it's on the edge of a turnaround, but I think it is really now where some of the bigger companies, including the auto manufacturers, which haven't historically been in Berlin, they've been in Munich, they've been in Stuttgart, elsewhere, they are putting kind of their centers of innovation here in Berlin, which, you know, drives a different kind of culture here. And, and, and also builds on a different culture that exists in Berlin. Uh, so there's new money coming in that, that definitely hits the rents. Uh, that's what everyone talks about. Um, you know, you talk about that in most major cities, but Berlin hasn't really had to deal with, you know, 20% rent spikes every year. Um, over the past five years, it's really been that. And there's been a lot of legislation that have been uh, proposed. And now finally, they, um, they agreed on a five-year rent stabilization um, not really stabilization. It's actually a rent pause. So um, you can see it all around town is that it changes uh, what's being built and where it's being built and who's who's moving in for sure. Okay, and and so you know one of the things about you and and Liz, um, you know Liz is my uh, uh, blood cousin, if you will, and you you married uh, into the into the family. Uh, <laughs> now we're blood now. Um, sounds really ominous, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you've always been willing to to go go where the actual you know create I guess creative work is in terms of your you know in, in terms of where the opportunities are for you. Yeah. Um, and it, you know that a lot of that has changed now. I just wanted to mention you. you so Amsterdam, we visited you there, um, and then uh, we didn't get to visit you in England, but. Um, the last time that we saw you was in Berlin um, when you had just been forced out of England. That's uh, right. <laughs> a little sooner than you wanted. So you're not, uh, you're not um, inexperienced when it comes to having to adapt uh, to things. Uh, but you're also a big traveler. Um, so uh, I want to, like, how does that feel to, 
Like, would you still be going uh, different different countries every weekend as, as lately? Yes. Yeah, so, well, not lately. Of course, everything's locked down. Can't. Get no, I'm sorry. I mean, before yeah. before lately. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. In fact, uh, our last trip was mid March to back to London, and mm, we yes. we had we had a lot of angst over whether to go or not. Um, it definitely was now decided upon that March 12th was a pivot point <laughs> in the UK for Corona. And so we were, we were unfortunately right there. Um, and, but it, it is part of our, just who we are, who, defining yeah. ourselves as, as explorers here and having the opportunity and, and through Liz, uh, Liz is a, a, a writer and an editor for some uh, large travel magazines and uh, books, North America books you might know of. And, uh, and so that has been the way we've explored Europe and, and the world is through her lens and, um, and all these, the travel industry, how, how it's grown over the past 10 or 15 years and it's really accelerated the new building of hotels and how, you know, areas or regions or cities are really based on tourism economy, tourism economy. And it, um, you know, that's all, paused for the moment and what comes out the other side is uh, under great dispute right now um and therefore you know what she's writing about and what um how she has promoted people to travel in the past is got to be different and that's definitely affected our now we're we're very itchy about wanting to go someplace right now i have dreams about it every night uh hudson our son who's four years old says uh i want to go to the airport i want to go to the airport I want to go to a hotel he, room. He and, knows nothing but this, right? He does not know a life without travel. Uh, I I can't imagine, right? Because a lot of people are like, you know, you're most you're the opposite of what most uh, you know people uh, will do with a new kid. Is you know, sort of they usually hunker down and 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 uh, you know. But you started right from the beginning, taking yeah. him everywhere. One hundred and seventy hotels around there. Um, which leads to about 350 flights. His, his footprint, his, his carbon footprint is larger than most small countries. Seriously. I'm, no, I'm not I'm, proud of it either. I'm just saying that it is uh, uh, something that is, is going to shape him, hopefully. Well, and, that's, and, you, you, this is the way you were living, and he came into that life. Right. That's you know, it's not, you're, not do, you're not doing this specifically for him. This is just how you live, right? Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, we shouldn't change the way we live. I mean, you probably have this philosophy too. You shouldn't change the way we live for children, right? We should, right. um, incorporate them into the life that we have, right? Um, now I, you can decide, um, would you want to, uh, me to put a link to, um, his Instagram account or no? Yeah. Is that private? Is that private? No, it's not. So it's, it's uh, Hudson and hotels, right? Yeah. 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 Is that is that the tag too? Is that the uh, the username? That is correct. Hashtag. So I'll put that in if you want to see photos of her for the last what, three three and a half years or so, um, or more uh, from from the beginning. I, well, you probably didn't travel right away, did you? I forget. It was two months old. Two months. He went to Italy and um, saw some art on a lake in Italy after the first two months. <laughs> awesome. So yeah, that's great. Just because it's it's a perfect. You can see, you can see all the places that he's been, give or take, right? Um, so it, it just sort of, it's a, it's a good representative of the life that you've been living, and so people can understand what you mean when you say you're itching. And it's not just like everybody who's like, oh, I want to be able to go on my annual vacation. It's, it's very different uh, uh, for you 
and, and Liz, right? And, and then Liz, of course, needs to go places to be able to write about them, right? Yeah, um, and that, that has been her principles all through it. There's a lot of writers out there who just don't, they don't travel, they don't go places. They, they rely on TripAdvisor or whatever to, to get their resource. That's their okay. resource online. And so oh. she feels that it is um, kind of cheating the system if you're doing that. And so you know, having the ability to travel to you know, Lake Como, why not do that? You know, when it's 45 minutes away or an hour away by a flight and be there and really see what it is. So you get a, you know, firsthand, you can really convey exactly what it is. And so that is, I think, also challenging moving forward is how does the travel industry with curtailed budgets and curtailed flights and um, how do people get real insight into what's happening there? So it's going to rely a lot on locals um, and it can probably a different voice in how travel industry. That's really Really interesting uh, idea, right? Because, like you said, there's going to be pivoting there. But yeah, is it is it her connecting with somebody local and then uh, and then getting? It's like getting the reports. It's like having having a, a virtual you there. Uh, so that might that you're saying that's a possibility of the way that it's going to go. Uh, but also maybe your technology, uh, uh, you know, and uh, future say uh, virtual reality or augmented reality technology could come into play too, where maybe we could go and experience things in the future. Yeah. True, 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 true. Yeah. All this stuff, the, the, the technology thing, um, <laughs> technology thing. Well, you saw it immediately <laughs> after, after the kind of the spike in COVID um, excitement uh, uh, two months ago that most companies, they, they just jumped all over it and said, Hey, let's just do hackathons. Let's take our technology, our core technology and see how we can do, good for this moment of Corona. Um, and for us, it was, you know, we're about locations. It's about contact tracing. It's about uh, local deliveries and, and transport logistics and all these things that came to bear when Corona hit. Um, we said, all right, let's get you know, hundreds of people or thousands of developers and, you know, put their brains to it and do these hackathons. And then we were one of dozens, if not tens of dozens of these hackathons that immediately happened right then. And what we've seen come out of it is, um, you know, obviously a, a kind of a natural filtering of ideas and what's going to really hit in the market. But it also is starting to really look at, it's starting to pivot towards the future, right? So transport logistics, for instance, kind of this no-touch uh, delivery stuff. Um, mm. You know, and also how do you enable not just the DHLs of the world or the... Um, or the FedEx is the world, but you enable kind of maybe smaller communities of delivery matching goods and services with individuals who can't be as mobile as they were in the past. And so, you know, we're starting to look at that and say, well, okay, that's going to be six months from now, 18 months from now, two years from now. And we're starting to plan for that now. So we're already starting as a company, starting to pivot for what, what the future is, even though we're so far from being out of this, you know, <laughs> Um, I think businesses are, are trying to be as resilient as possible in this time. So on that note, um, well, I, w uh, I do want to go back. Um, so, yeah, I want to come back to where you are with your work and, and personal finances. But I do want to know, where were you when all the lockdown happened? Were you back in, in Germany? Yes. Okay. So you were back home. And then how did that go? You, are you still going into work or are you working remotely? No. So we... Um, we we had a slow, I think it probably happened in most countries, right? It just kind of like you get a first report, you get a second report, you get the possibility yeah. of a lockdown. And then all of a sudden on March 20th, they say, okay, 
Yeah. No one knows anymore. Now, the thing is that Germany, federal state, federal system, right? So they, they have this at, at, the, at the country level, they give a, a mandate and then all 16 or 17 different uh, states say, well, we can adapt it the way we need to. Some like Munich were super strict, right? Immediately locked down, immediately saying okay. only one hour a day. Can you go out and do this, this, and this? All businesses, wow. show, right? Whereas Berlin was like, we recommend that you do this and do that. <laughs> it was really, I mean, it, it is the, it is what Berlin is. It's like people are very anti-South. Yeah. They're very much like go and spray paint your name somewhere, you know, to, to show who you are. And, um, and so these things didn't, there was no like hard hammer. The only thing was like when businesses shut schools, well, schools shut first for sure. So the first thing was for our, our kid, to he's going to Kita, which is really daycare. It's not really kindergarten. They go there from uh, they go there from six months until six years, and then okay. they go first grade. Um, so Kita is shut down because they're just snot factories, right? They're just like that's where if things are going to swirl around and go yes. back home, it's going to be with these little carriers, these super spreaders. And so that shut down first, and then businesses. Uh, some businesses, not all, because our company still has a, uh, we have a campus of about a thousand people and they, mm. uh, we have five buildings and they have still have one building open that you can go to. And they've had it open the whole time, extra cleaning. Uh, but once the company made remote happen, uh, or kind of the default, everyone took advantage of that. And so you really only had like literally half a dozen people in, in our office who would come in wow. because they didn't any other opportunity, right? They're not, we, we are fortunate to have an extra room, but some people don't have extra rooms where their kids aren't yep. screaming, right? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of privilege being talked about these days where, where you know, someone might post, well, just, you know, if someone has COVID in the house, just put them in the extra bedroom with the extra bathroom and <laughs> it, everyone's like, minds are exploding. Like, what? <laughs> like, where? Where is that in my bachelor apartment, right? Where the two of us live. So, yeah, yeah it, it is a good to acknowledge that uh, not everybody, even like you said, in your company, even uh, which I'm assuming pays well, um, they just don't have they don't live that way. They don't necessarily live in a larger place for whatever reason. Right. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. And so, so immediately um, the remote thing, oh, I have to also preface that because our company is in 120 countries, you know, sales teams here, sales teams there. Um, we have been a lot remote, right? We've done a lot yeah. of work. now. And so it was more about formalizing that and finding tools and stuff that work better, not necessarily Zoom, but, you know, relying more on WebEx. And we're doing this thing called Miro, which is more of a collaborative work board. Um, so those kind of things came into play much quicker. And by, probably by the beginning of April, we we're rolling along pretty well. As a, as a company. Now, what I found is that there was an immediate panic of like people trying to figure out their um, their work life balance and the kids are at yes. home. And, and then it kind of plateaued and people are like, OK, I got this. I got this. And what I'm finding now, which is two months in, that people are going through another kind of moment of crisis. Right. They're like, how long is this going to, to go on? And what was working last week is not working today. Like whether mm. their cadence or something is changing, I'm having a lot more of my employees come and saying, I've got to change. I've got to work late at night or I've got to like switch off with my wife or something. There's just a different type of stress that is coming in um, that's compressing things a little bit. 
Yeah, I've, I've already had a uh, conversation, uh, you know, preliminary conversations because, you know, uh, Kayla's back in virtual med, med school, right? They, they pulled her out of the clinical setting at the same day the daycare was ended. So that the timing worked out well. And then they had a little bit of a break, but then they figured out how to do it online. And her workload is still quite heavy. Uh, she can move things around, but there are times when she has to do an exam or this or that where I need to be able to move uh, my counseling appointments. You know, I'm, I'm, I, I chose a job where I meet with people all day. So it's not, a, and it's not, they're all scheduled appointments and they're mandatory appointments that we have to check off and file with the government. So it's not something that can be like, okay, uh, you know, let's, uh, I'll do it when I have time at 10 PM. Right. Yeah. So I have a less flexible thing. And so, yeah, I mean, a good manager as, as uh, you know, I, 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 I believe without knowing that you are um, has to be ready to adapt to this kind of thing and, and at least just listen and understand that this is not like any other time. Right. No. This is not, and, and as you said, the more people are in this situation, the more they're like, okay, I could do this for a month or two, but if I had to do this forever, something's going to have to give. And then the situations change. Like, you know, uh, as for example, in your case, um, I'm imagining uh, the childcare falls over to Liz because you are working all day. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, so, so primary, primary childcare would go to her what, what do you think but back and forth because you have flexibility back and forth and we actually do employ we have a, a nanny for a few hours a day so okay they, okay we do have a window of uh where we have someone come in know, five days a week to help out with okay. us so liz can still and liz is still i have to say liz is still she still has travel work believe it or not she's so, still working yeah, okay, good. Some, some of her her things have stopped you know they stopped immediately others um like she's writing a new guidebook for amsterdam and then she okay. just like, that to stop, but it hasn't stopped. So that continues on. They hopefully will continue to pay her for it. <laughs> um, okay, so she, so so that's a good way, time to pivot into that. Then, so she's still actually getting paid, which is yes. good. But but in her situation, the un, there's a lot of unknowns about the future. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and, that's. I mean, she got this Amsterdam gig just as things started to shut down. So they kind of continued on with it. She had one that she got after it for Italy that was, you know, then they, a week later, they called her back and said, sorry, we're cutting all the Italy stuff. All Italy stuff. Sure. Um, Cause I think it also, they're trying to look at how countries are going to come out of it. Um, mm. Italy is, as they announced today, they're coming, they're going to start opening up business for tourism. They, but only internal t- tourism, not for international tourism. So you still don't know when the stuff is going to be applicable and when it comes out, you might have to rewrite half the stuff anyways, because some of the restaurants or most of the hotels are they're just, it's going to be a different landscape for sure. So she's got to um, kind of track with that pretty quickly. So we, bo- uh, we in January or so, we booked our first uh, uh, international trip with uh, um, Henry and his, uh, his cousin Lydia, who are just about the same age uh, to Italy uh, in August. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Well, what's your vibe on that? Um, I think that they've, uh, they're, they're coming out of it, right? They're coming out of it slowly and they were hit so hard in the North, um, in, in, yeah. Como, in Milan. Um, but places like Venice, I just read about Venice, how they're going to kind of re- try to reshape the city 
uh, as they've wanted to do for a long time because they can't you know stand 30 million tourism numbers a year. Um, they can't have all the, the boats floating in, which we have no idea whether they're going to come back. Um, so yeah. you're going to see you're going to see a different Italy, and, but I think it's going to it'll be open by then. Yeah, you think so? Because uh, we're flying into Venice. Um, yep. That's where we're going, and then we're going to go up into the Alps. That's that's the idea. We'll see. I, I, you know, it really depends on how they. Uh, it's it maybe it's more about uh, air travel and the safety of that as well too. Like we're going to have to consider so many things. Even if they're open, we all will have to make a personal decision as well. Yeah. And that's that's what it comes down to. That's another thing that's come up lately is, sure, government can say this or that and open everything, but everyone has personal uh, decisions to make. How would you... Uh, I, because there's also laws, too, that say in certain countries, depending, that you cannot refuse to go back to work unless it's like actually uh, detrimental to you or your safety. Um, and you can prove that, or if you have mitigating circumstances that qualify under whatever the, the rules yeah. are. So you can't, like a personal preference is not necessarily going to keep you from going back to the office. How would you uh, address that kind of situation on a case-by-case basis, I guess? Well, first of all, you have to think of this. So in Germany, it's workers' rights. Um, yeah, okay. So they come first, yeah. We, we have a works council, um, which is extremely strong. One might say it's a Union, but it, it is a um, an entity that re- literally reviews every policy, every decision that the company makes. If it has any sort of effect, positive or negative, on potential on an employee, and so they are in negotiations for all of this stuff around mm-hmm. when you return, if you return, if you open up the office, what does the office look like? How are you going to adhere to the restrictions that the government puts a puts ahead? Um, and again. I think in other parts of, of Germany, you have much more oversight and constrict governance by the government. In Berlin, it's a little looser. I don't think they're going to be walking into businesses and you know checking if you're six feet away from each other, two meters away from each other, meter and a half, sorry. Um, but, <laughs> but, but then again, I see um, in, in a nice way, they're walking down the street here. We've got lots of businesses on our street, small businesses. And when they said small businesses, you can reopen, you can have, um, um, you know, your windows open and you can serve food outside of it, or you can, you know, allow patrons inside, but you have to you know, limit it to the amount of people who have, you, know, you have carts and only one person per cart. And so some really good guidelines. And so you also see the police walk down and kind of ensure that it's happening. Now it's not to give them fines. I'm, I'm finding, cause I talked to the, the local, people here they're not here to find them they're here to just guide them and say listen yeah if you don't adhere to this down the road we might have to shut you down but for now let's let's figure out how you can stay how you can survive this and so they really helped them kind of set up the the tape lines and like close this window open this window and it's really about guidance which i found really refreshing that the police take this under their wing to kind of really help the community out that way that is really nice, and and on and on that same note, so the so Germany is really about helping uh, the comp- the country as a whole um, and preparing for things like that. And so uh, you have you are about to start on uh, what what is uh, uh, I guess considered uh, German uh, employment insurance is is it kind of the uh, equivalent? Well, it is. Um, 
So, okay, there's a, a number uh, of subsidy. <laughs> there's a number of things that they're, they're doing in order to um, mitigate the situation. So immediately, because it's a huge freelancer population, huge small business population, mm-hmm. and specifically, the city of Berlin said, we've got a pot of money. If you are a small business or freelancer, you're going to be affected by this. Sign up immediately. And I think they had 250 people, 250,000 people sign up immediately. They only had 150,000 set aside or numbers of that amount set aside. But those people got it within 48 hours. Mm. And then they kind of shut, they, within a week, they were out of that money. But okay. the federal government also had another pot where you as a small business, and it was mainly focused towards small businesses, not individuals. You had up to X amount of euros that you can get, 15,000 immediately. And then you could... I think there were two or three other steps that you could get 20, 40 or something more like that. But immediately, because Liz, her, her contracts went down by a third, she yeah. signed a freelancer, a small business towards. Uh, the and so she immediately got that within. Oh, that's so great. Or so, but you could, you didn't have to take the full amount. So she took only five K out. And because this, okay. this is all, this all goes towards your, you still have to pay taxes on it. You have to eventually, yep. it's part of your income, right? Uh, but it will help immediately kind of hit what is necessary now, kind of the immediate loss. So that that was first of kind of this, uh, how do you help out immediately some small businesses? Uh, that was in um, beginning of April. Okay. And then there's this government thing called Kurzarbeit, which is um, companies can reduce the work hours of the company or parts of the company, not individuals, I found out. You have to mm. do it as kind of teams is probably the smallest uh, atomic level that you can get at. Um, uh, no individuals. So uh, companies like here say, we're going to reduce everybody in Germany, a thousand, well, it's about 2,000 people in Germany, um, by 20%. That'll be a savings and then the government then subsidizes the remainder of that. So, for instance, um, I'm making 100,000 euros, let's say, and I get 20% of that cut. I apply to the government, and they'll pay back up to 67% of that missing money. Okay. They subsidize some of that back into my pocket. So you're in the 90% area, give or take, like between 90 and 100, however that works out. Yep, and you get um, a that's pretty okay. good. Now, challenge is that at a certain level, certain pay grade, uh, which is, let's say, senior level 15 years or more, 15, 20 years experience, um, you hit the ceiling, and then they don't pay that um, that subsidy. Yes. So, so for me, I'm above that, which isn't that high, by the way. And the pay is pretty low in Berlin. In, yeah, in, in say U.S. the capitalism to, uh, terms, right? If you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, it's very low, and so um, there's not a lot of people who hit above that. But I'm above it, and uh, so I don't get any subsidy. So basically, I get a twenty percent cut of my pay starting next Friday. Okay, and so you know, again, we we, the, we should acknowledge there's privilege here, but um, also uh, you have uh, built a life around this income. Right, as well. Yeah. Yep. But on top of that, are you saving lots of money by not traveling? You. That, this is an interesting point because Liz, mm. 
based on the way she travels, she gets a lot of stuff complimentary. Just simply, I because, guess so. Yeah. Okay. Right? So, yes, we we are saving money, but not huge amounts of money. The, the amount that we travel and the amount that we have to pay for it is not in balance. Right. Interesting. So we, yeah. So it's not like we're all of a sudden flush with you know you know twenty five. Yeah more into our savings account or anything. And it's um, also a lot uh, less expensive to travel within uh, the EU when you're in it, right? Yeah. Um, than, than it is for us to get there and, you know, all that kind of stuff too. Um, so, yeah, so basically you're, uh, are you having to just sort of revisit your finances a little bit just for the short term? Definitely, definitely. And it's, um, you know, I think... We, what we're also seeing is a bit of uh, inflation that's ha- immediate inflation uh, when it comes to staples around here. So fruit and vegetables, I definitely have seen gone up 20%. Um, okay. Wow. You know, kind of the standard stuff that have, have flown off the shelves here. I haven't really noticed in the big grocery stores, whether I could compare whether it's gone up 15, per, you know, 15 cents here or, you know, 25 cents here, but I yeah, definitely yeah, see yeah. the businesses that I frequent here that they've repriced everything and, and uh, definitely fruit and vegetables and milk have gone up a euro or even two euros uh, in the past couple of weeks. So all of our, you know, expenses are rising just a little bit. Right. And that, that gains, that's some concern too, for sure uh, of how we're going to do that. Um, the rent's not going to go up. I know that in the next four years, which is good to that's, know. It's nice to know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I think that we're, again, you said privilege. I think we're in a good spot where we're very grateful of, of and, and stable, right? Um, one of the challenges we have here is we, we have no good savings um, vehicle. We can't, inv- we can't put money or invest into European stocks, mm, yeah. um, any kind of the uh, retirement plans. Um, and if we do, we have to, take it out at great penalty and move it over to the States. So we don't, since we've been in Europe, we've actually lost a lot when it comes to not being able to put stuff in 401k, uh, not being, not having good investment vehicles. And, Growth uh, potential for that. Yeah. yeah. And so I can't, you know, what, what we had in the States and what we could have grown in the States and invested with in the States is uh, we just kind of take that off write that off as, oh, well, we're having a great experience here. We can't, yeah. you know, we, we can't balance that out and say, oh my gosh, we're, we're losing so much money. No, because we're experiencing Europe in a way that not many people have the, the ability to do. And, you know, yeah, we're going to go back to, to the U.S. poor, but. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, but you're, you're mostly talking about losing potential growth and not actually losing money, right? Correct. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the potential that you could have had to say have an earlier retirement if you would have stayed in, uh, you know, I remember when you were looking for work, you were considering say L.A. or New York, even possibilities or some jobs that might have been available there too, right? And yep. that might have accelerated your ability to, um, you know, if you would have had four hundred one k matching or or anything like that, um, you know, and and uh, being able to um, invest more of your money as opposed to yeah, like I said, it, uh, Germany is a social country, right? So, do most people rely on social security when they're older, or is there less of a retirement savings uh, mentality? No, it's huge, huge social retirement. So everyone expects that they're going to be 
They're just going to take care of. Or take care of. Um, one thing that I have to take note of, and most people don't consider that, is that the healthcare is quite expensive here on top of mm. what they take out of. of so I okay, get about, really? About 47% for taxes taken out of my, my pay. Yeah, high and taxes, then, yeah. On top of that, I pay uh, more for healthcare. And then Liz, because she's a freelancer, pays more on top of that. So she overall is paying about 54, 55% of her wage uh, towards the government. And that's, um, okay. it's pretty hard here. And, and not for that much benefit, honestly. What you look for is long-term benefit. Like you said, it's the social structure that allows for you not to worry about big challenges in your life. One of them being you know, getting major sickness to retirement as a major change, life change. And you don't have to worry about that so much that you're going to be taken care of. But that's but, not. But how does that work for expats? Yes. Yeah, is that what you're yeah. just saying? It's, that yeah. doesn't apply to you. No. I mean, in, in a few years, we could become residents. I mean, okay. we get our, yeah. we get our, our, our permit. And so therefore we can get those, some of these benefits. So we could live here. We could live out our lives and uh, eventually, you know, get a, uh, German residency and uh, passport and get rid of our U.S. passport and our Canadian passports and um, and uh, take advantage of this. But that's not who we are either. We're going to move again and yeah. we're going to uh, not be able to take advantage of what we're putting into the pot. So that, it's a very interesting uh, analysis, right? Because yeah, you know, I've spoken to um, uh, 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 German citizens in the past. One who uh, was an anonymous blogger and moved to Australia because she could not achieve financial independence in Germany. Um, it's not set up that way, as we just met, uh, talked about. So, yeah, it's that's fantastic that uh, they take care of the people, and you never have to worry about anything. It's almost like you know, you you're guaranteed universal basic income across the board, right? Um, yeah. if you can't work, you, you get uh, unemployment, it, you know, but that it, there is a lack of opportunity, uh, for high growth. And, you know, you are, uh, someone who is always focused on growth, right? <laughs> and, right. Yeah. And, and, and not even, not even just financially, right. That's yeah. your, your skill set is uh, growing things and, and changing things. And, you know, so that it, it's, uh, you're in a country that, um, does not allow for that so much, um, but also in a city that uh, allows for the creative uh, opportunities and creative growth and uh, things like that. So it's kind of a, there's a lot of the pros and cons to where you are, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, I, you know, one thing that we definitely saw very quickly is that people don't move here to, to, your, to your point of to challenge themselves, to say, I'm going to come here and make the, it's not the New York City mentality, right? Yeah, no. yeah. I in Berlin, I can win anywhere, kind of thing. It's, it's not, <laughs> but man, if I can just chill out on the couch for a few months, that's, that's it, all, right? And get paid and still get some money, from the government, and and not seem like they're not outcasts here. They're here to add to that creative layer. And if it takes them, you know, six months, uh, you know, they'll take that artist visa and they'll turn that around and they'll build something mediocre and you know add to the the city juice right but they're not here to be like the best and that also is a challenge for us because we've lived in san francisco and new york and london and and that that's a different mentality right and berlin is not that um and that the the financial system and social structure is set up in a way that that's not why people move here 
at all. It's it's uh it's, it's Bohemia. It is right. Yeah. yeah, like that. Whenever somebody, like you know, if you think of La Vie Bohème, right? That's the, the idea. Is right? You 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 go and you live in a a cheap loft, uh, and and you're good, right? And you can be creative, and you don't have to worry so much, you know, about every day is a grind. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that that is good for, like you said, this is a, a great experience uh, in your life not something you uh, plan on doing for the rest of your life. No, not at all. But, and you, but you're in the, you know, you're in the technological uh, uh, progress part of that, um, you know, within Bohemia, which is also very interesting, uh, 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 you know, to have that superimposed. Um, so, uh, but you still, you have the apartment and it's still in New York. We do. We do. We just, yeah. uh, renegotiating that that uh that rent uh that keeps yeah, going. any challenges what's the what's the current challenge with that and in, in the pandemic um that our that our subletters don't want to um don't want to pay anymore we have to raise the rent because our landlord has raised the rent but they don't want okay. to so how, mm. how do you go back we've even gone back to our landlord and said hey here's the situation you know this guy works at a hospital we, you know he's not quite sure what's going to happen da, da, da. and um the landlord's like listen i'm not categorized as a small business i don't get any government support in this this moment and so therefore i'm getting hit just as hard as anybody else so i can reduce your rent for a couple months but i can't do it permanently and so that's a challenge for us we want to hold on to and have uh, something to go back to in New York. It kind of glues us to New York a little bit. Uh, but yeah, you know, I don't know how much longer we can do it. And that's again other challenges where with people uh, where th- something could have been managed uh, maybe quite easily before. Um, things are just coming up like this, right? Uh, if if somebody was Airbnb, which you were doing at some point maybe in the past, uh, or or did you ever actually even settle on doing that? Ever? Yeah, we did it. We did it for about a year, and it was the worst experience ever <laughs> to be a uh, Airbnb owner. Right, and and so imagine if you were in that situation where you were still doing that, and that dried up. Now you're having to still cover the rent on on this, right? Yeah. Um, while getting a twenty percent uh, pay cut, right? Um, you know, even even like even acknowledging privilege and all this, we all set up lives that that that. Uh, we don't expect to change by 40%, let's say, you know, all at once. Um, so no matter, you know, uh, whether it's basic survival or whatever, there's always an adjustment period um, that we would expect if something were to change that's that huge. So, you know, we can speak in relativity, but if, uh, everyone is affected by this yeah. in whatever yeah. way or another, right? It's about, we don't have, we didn't have the time to make arrangements, for a lot of these things that happened. Yeah. And it, uh, like you said, it, we ha- are lucky to have a bit of a comfort zone um, that allows us to have choice and uh, that many, yes. many people just don't have, whether it's here or, or New York or middle of the country or, you know, around the globe, we have a lot of choice still. Um, it's just a, a. We have to, as many people do, we have to start looking long term. And these crises, 
while we we have to look at every day and how we're going to get through, you know, childcare and you know, how am I going to get out to the grocery store and get my hair cut and all these things, but we, we really have to turn our, our eyes towards longer term and see how we come out of this in a different way. And do we need the money and need the growth that we expected before? Is capitalism the way of the, of the world? Is that is that machine really at this moment broken? Uh, or are we going to go back into the same groove that we were before? Um, it's it's a, a, I'm it's seeing good. on Twitter a lot is is uh, everyone's talking about let's go back to normal. And then they, they go on and list all of the normal things that we did, which were terrible. Um, yeah. So, yeah, do we... It is, do we want to go back to a lot of the things that 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 led to people being in the situation where uh, paycheck to paycheck, this has destroyed them, right? Um, and people who are uh, highly leveraged took out a home equity line of credits on their first residence to uh, get an Airbnb rental, and now they're decimated. Do we want to go back to that, or is this going to teach us? To you know, I you know Berlin's got uh, not a bad idea going on there, right? <laughs> uh, let's take care of our own, right? It, yeah. it, the concept of universal basic income is coming up a lot, uh, especially when talking about the U.S. And uh, you know, it, it's like spend a trillion dollars to send people twelve hundred dollars, which might help them for a month or even half a month. Uh, you know, we're not going to go ahead and comment on that because, uh, of course, I'm terrible at talking about politics. But it's just, you know, just to, to think about the options out there. And this is all just jogging. Um, hopefully, a lot of people are thinking more um, about planning for the future. You know, I, I'm a big fan of mindfulness and power of now and things like that. But when it comes to money, uh, we have to think a little bit about the future, at least. Right. Um yeah. And this is waking that up in a lot of people. Yeah, and it, it's those areas that keep coming back around, you know, universal healthcare, and understanding that you know a big hit on your health isn't going to be a big hit on your family financially, like a huge burden. Um, childcare, I think, is is huge. I mean, these are things that we are very close to right now, and I think that mm-hmm. countries like Germany have. Uh, well, I don't agree with a lot of the ways that they they have it, you know, structured or unstructured, as it will. You know, not getting the kid into first grade until six, things like that. It's still a U.S. mindset for me. I'm like, go, 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 mm-hmm. go. Kid needs to start reading. <laughs> but at the same That's point, right. they like it. They, they support their kids and they support their families and they support single mothers and they, you know, that there's not the the the, the stress that that comes along with having a kid <laughs> i mean it's still there but it's not like it's not so overwhelming that that's all you can think about is how am i going to feed my kid tomorrow it doesn't that's happen right. it doesn't happen so yeah who, uh, you know maybe there'll be a more of a global shift to um you know sort of the mid midway where canada is that you know uh, we you know, we're kind of a good balance i feel sometimes when we look at the the world right like yeah. the you know the social limitations of germany and the the, the capital capitalistic uh, uh, side of the U.S. with, you know, no, no, uh, no free health care. Um, the, there's, you know, the balance is not a bad thing. Um, and it, it, we, you know, yeah, it's uh, extremes. Extremes always sort of, you know, lead us to a certain place, right? And, you know, communism and capitalism in their, in their true forms uh, tend to have a lot of negative consequences for, for, for some. Um, 
but they, they help, uh, you know, in terms of the, the communists or the socialist bit, they help in situations like this, right? Like that's, you know, one of the reasons why uh, China got a hold of everything so quickly, right? Because everybody has to do what they're told. <laughs> um it's, it works. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the, the the obviously there's pros and cons to all this, but you can see the two sides of it. It's it's like we're having a it's a, this is a global experiment right now, really, isn't it? I don't even say it. It's funny because we, we talk about globalism, but I think it's also it's much a more a local experiment of how mm. how these little entities can can survive and thrive, and like what are the commonalities of this community that I live in called Prenzlauerberg that can support local businesses and support, you know, the lifestyle of these type of people. And it's quite different from, you know, like little community that's a little further east from here or further west from here, which is a little bit more commercial. So it really, we start to see these microcosms and say, how does, the, how does this really work? And how do we want it to work moving forward here at this local level? And even at, going back to travel, you hear a lot of people talking about, well, you know what, I'm going to take advantage of this time, this period that I can't travel to, you know, I can't travel to New Zealand. I'm going to drive yeah. to the Spreewald or I'm going to go to the Alps. I'm going to, you know, spend my summer within 200 kilometer radius of this place, you know, sure. doing and supporting the communities and seeing things that I haven't before, you know, and maybe that changes the way people perceive where they live and how they love or don't love where they are, right? At the, like you said, at the moment, where am I? And how can I really explore that even more? So I think it's a it's an, an extremely compelling moment for people to to change their views on um, their local space, not just globalism. Well, I love that, and it's a perfect uh, place to to end this uh, today. Um, it's, it's very inspiring, right? Because uh, the world is repairing itself, uh, as we see, right? Because we're not uh, the fossil fuels and everything that's happening is not. Like we're not polluting as much as we were and and we can see the effects, right? No one would have agreed to, hey, let's all take a couple of months off and see how uh, the effect on the, on, on the, on the earth, but it, it's happened. And uh, so, yeah, more local with the option for global, but not, you know, trying to accelerate it at the price of the, of the planet being destroyed. Um, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, topics to discuss going forward and, how how the new normal is going to come about. So, well, thank thanks so much for joining me today, Jay. I'm glad we could do this. Yeah, I appreciate the uh, the call. I'm glad we had a chance to speak. All right. Um, so uh, I will be back next week. As uh, uh, next week, I think we're going to have a, a, a someone local to talk about um, all the alphabet soup of benefits in Canada. Uh, all of the different categories of benefits that we have um, that may or may not be helping, that maybe some people are still falling through the cracks. It's good to talk about those things, just to sort of, almost like a translation episode. What is this and who is it for? Do I qualify? Uh, how long is it going to last? Nobody knows with a lot of these things. So we'll find out. And uh, But until next week, uh, stay safe.